It's Monday. Monday, 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 Monday. It's, it's beanie season. Beanie season. Yeah. We we're just talking offline about how excited we are to throw on all our beanies on wow. our headpieces and for the next like what eight months. Yes. Yeah. It feels good though. It feels really nice. It's the first one I've had on. I, I feel it's right. It's time. It is time. You ready to do this? Yeah. All right. Grace, the days are getting colder and the trees are looking leaf free. Let's talk about winter running on episode 33. I'm Eric Idiot Runner Kosek. And I'm Grace Hot Pants Langheim. Eric is all business in the front of the pack and I am all about the party in the back. That's right. Business up front and party in the back. Together, we are the Running Mullet. And we are going to talk about every aspect of running, the podium to the DNF and everything in between. If you are a runner, this show is for you. Now sit back, get out your foam roller, and enjoy the party. Video. Hey, Grace. Yeah. I just saw this new thing as I'm, I'm playing our intro there. It says video backgrounds are now supported in the studio. So I'm. it says bubbles dark. I'm going to click on this. If something bad happens, <laughs> did anything, uh, I, I see what it's saying. I thought maybe it would change my background or something. I was yeah. way. Anyway. Okay. I'm done messing around with things. Okay. Oh, we got the band back together. Good to, it's been two whole weeks since I've seen your face. Oh, I missed you. Yeah. You look like you're in a beautiful hotel. Are you in a hotel? I'm in a hotel uh, in <laughs> New York State. Cooperstown. Cooperstown. I'm, yeah. in, uh, I'm in Cooperstown. Yeah. I mean, anytime I hear Cooperstown, I, because I grew up playing baseball, I instantly realized that's where the Hall of Fame is. Mm-hmm. I, I and I've never been there. I would like to take a trip up there to see it and experience it. Yeah, it is. I have not been to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> All the times that I've come up here, you know what I know Cooperstown for? It cheese. is Cooper cheese. Oh no, never mind. Uh, yeah, the cheese is delicious up here. I know Cooperstown is the beginning of the Susquehanna River. That's like where it starts. Yes. So it comes right out of the ground. The whole river comes out of the ground at Cooperstown and just starts flowing. <laughs> it comes out of a lake, actually. So there's a lake up here. And um, at the southern end of the lake is the beginning of the Susquehanna River, the East Branch. Right. Nice. That's a good little tidbit of fact. Yep. Now, you, if you didn't know, now you know. If you don't know, now you know, people. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This... <laughs> This is episode Churdy Tree. 33 times we've been on here. Uh-huh. Nutsos. I love it. Um, and we're going to talk about, I guess, as the, you know, it's tis the season type stuff, right? It's definitely fall tis, weather. Tis the season, fall weather, fall races, fall gear. I love it. I, I switch over from summer gear to fall gear and I'm like, I have a whole new wardrobe. I have whole new gadgets. Yeah. I have cool stuff to to play with. Yeah. And the whole like, you know, winter gear and fall gear for a lot of us, it, as soon as we talked about what we we're going to talk about on the show, I was like, man, everybody knows what they already, what they wear in that type of season and already have it nailed down. But like somebody just signed up for the winter idiot race the sadistic idiot in January and they messaged me and they're like, how do I stay warm in winter? I'm like, Oh, you, Oh, you don't know. I guess, I guess we, we should talk about this. And I mean, everybody's different too, as far as their Mm -hmm. core temperature and things like that. And I struggle with a lot of, a lot of uh, parts of, of keeping different parts of my body warm over winter also. Yeah. And I think, like every year I'll pick up a new piece of gear or one little trick or something like that, that I didn't have the year before. And I just kind of fine tune it over the years and get a little bit better and a little bit better about managing 
managing, um, continuing this crazy activity that we do in the cold? Yeah. So, I mean, like you have that, that those tools that, you know, are your go-tos going into different seasons, but it changes. I don't know about you, but when I'm especially going into the fall and winter season, the first what I'll call cold day, which is probably like forties or fifties. I'll be like, Oh my God, it's winter. And I'll like, that'll be my first day of layering up and going out. And I'm like sweating in the first hundred yards of my run because I thought it was colder than it was. And that happens like five times before I realize, okay, like I know I'm going to be chilly when I first step out the door, but I don't, you know, you're going to warm up really fast and you need to not wear so many layers, dummy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that was one of the, and I, I never listen in the beginning of the season, just like you said, I wear too much in the beginning, but then I go back to um, one, of, one of the most helpful things for me was learning what temperature is it and what should I wear and not going, this is one of those things that you don't go by feel, <laughs> don't go by how you feel and don't go by how it feels outside, but truly learning, okay, at 55 degrees, with no wind and no rain because wind makes a difference and rain makes a difference without but without wind and rain at 55 degrees i can do really well with a tank top some gloves and i can take choose my you know if i want to wear pants i can but if i want to wear shorts i can do with shorts and at like 45 it's okay now i'm gonna wear pants and a light long sleeve and glove. And so knowing in my little brain at this temperature, here's what I wear, but figuring that out, not when you step out the door and just trusting it (laughs) and looking at, looking at the forecast and saying, it's going to be 55. So here's what I should wear rather than let me stand outside and see how I feel. Does that make sense? Am I explaining that right? Yeah, it makes total sense. And the other, th- you know, other thing, and Alicia Lehman, who just commented that she is, usually doesn't go out in the winter, but she's going to suck it up. That's the one I was, that's the lady I was talking about that's coming to a, awesome. my event um, in January. But yes, it makes total sense what you're saying. And, and the fun part is you get to throw in the wind chill also on a windy day, 55 feels a lot colder in the winter. And then, you know, a lot of us are trail runners you get to get that heart rate pumping going up that mountain. Okay. You're sweating. You're feeling great. You're warm. And then you get to the top and you have to coast down the other side. And all of a sudden those sweaty clothes turn ice cold, not yeah. 55 degrees, but you know what I'm getting at. So yeah. it's like it is for me, it's, 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 I've learned to wear the different layers. And then obviously the outside layer is one that I can either unzip and let air in to dry off or cool off. Or take off and wrap around my waist real quick and doesn't affect me at all. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously it's not a hoodie, a hooded sweatshirt or something like that. That's just mm-hmm. too big and bulky. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I constantly struggle with it, and I think we'll talk. We'll get into it more as we talk about the winter running um, mm-hmm. today, tonight. But I mean, I guess we should start with fall since we're in the season now and sure. and kind of go as the seasons go. Um, Again, for me, fall fall running is that the first couple of weeks, especially. I don't know. Up here in northern Pennsylvania right now, north central PA, it's like low 50s during the day. It's cloudy. It's already miserable. It rained all day today on and off. It's cold. Like just that raw type of cold, not mm-hmm. freezing weather cold. But So I'm already struggling, like I said, with I went out the other day and I over, I overdressed and now it's like, okay, um, I do this every year, dummy, you know, <laughs> relax and, and go from there. But, um, you know, what are your favorite fall, fall things, I guess, that are any different than any other time of year as far as winter running and summer running and stuff goes? Yes. Favorite fall items. Um, number one, and you and I have the same issue. We both have Raynaud's. So Raynaud's is a, a circulatory um, issue. It's not like a, um, it's just a, a condition that you have to live with where I don't get a lot of circulation to my hands and my feet. Some people have it in just their hands or some people have it in just their feet. I get to enjoy both of them. And... Yeah. 
I did have the fun experience a few years ago of getting um, some nerve damage in uh, one of my feet because of that. And nerves grow back, so it's fine now. But uh, Raynaud's is not fun to deal with, which means one of my number one item is a pair of gloves. Good pair of yep. gloves. And I probably have five or six different pair of gloves um, to adjust to the different situations, starting with my very favorite pair of gloves that I start using right around 60 degrees is when I start wearing gloves. It's still pretty warm. And it's the Wazelle Lux gloves. And you put on the glove. I wish I had it with me. You put on the glove and there is a cutout for your watch. Mm. Man, it's so game changer. Cool. Game now. changer. So I can see my watch, but it goes like all the way up above the wrist and it has a watch spot in it, and they're super, super soft. So I, that is my, my number one is a pair of gloves, but I have, those ones are a very light uh, pair that I use, like I said, when it's about 60 degrees and I have up to some very heavy duty mittens and lobster claws to deal with yeah. colder temps. And I think, I mean, for me especially, and you too, anybody that suffers from the Raynaud's, is the, the skin contact between your fingers is huge. So for me, the glo gloves are great. There's really warm gloves, but mittens is where it's at. And yeah. I've talked about this before. Uh, Rhoda Smoker got me hooked on this. But if nothing else, I take out a pair of socks good quality socks to, th to throw on my hand. They're like ghetto mittens, but that's what I need is that skin contact to keep my, keep the blood warm enough to keep flowing through my fingertips so that the rain odds doesn't kick in. Cause once it does in these temperatures that for me, it's like 30 to 50 degrees, I feel like. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a couple other factors that kick in that I know are going to set it off. But once it happens, it's much harder to get back. And it's very much worth noting, anybody who has Raynaud's, suffers from Raynaud's, thinks they might be getting Raynaud's, every time that your hands, fingers go numb or your feet, I don't have a problem with my feet yet, knock on wood. I don't know why, but I feel like my hands are pretty severe at this point. But every time you have a, let's just call it a reaction. To where mm -hmm. you're where the blood leaves your fingers they look pale and there's no feeling there like i get to the point and i'm sure you do too where somebody could cut them off with a knife and you wouldn't feel a thing yeah um every time you do that it makes raynaud's that much worse uh I, I have a hard time explaining it but it it progressively gets worse every yeah. time you do it so i don't care how much of a tough guy or girl you are you need to stop it from happening or else you're just making it worse for the next time it happens. And the next year throughout, you know, as you get older, yeah. it, it, it progressively makes it worse every time you have that reaction to where your hands go numb. Yeah. And I can tell it's like, for me, just in general, every year, every year I'm getting older. And this started for me when I started running the rain, the whole rain, all this thing. Um, mm -hmm. but every winter is worse and worse. And I'm still, I do everything to try to prevent it from even happening, but right. it, no matter what, as runners, it accident, you accidentally get too cold at certain points for one reason or another, whether your hands are out at an aid station, you know, yep. and that sets it off or something like that. But I don't want it to happen anymore because it's, it's reducing the, well, I'm not a doctor, Grace. <laughs> not, not today. You're not, but no. it, it does get progressively worse. And yeah. um, also scrunching your hands and scrunching your toes every once in a while can help remind your body that your extremities also need blood flow. So yeah. um, every once in a while, you can give your hands a little scrunch, give your feet a little scrunch um, for people who get numbness in their hands, even in the summertime. Um, especially happens with newer runners when you're newer to longer distance. If you scrunch your hands like every, you know, 30 minutes, an hour, something like that, just kind of scrunch your yeah. hands, scrunch your toes, just like Bruce Willis would tell you, make fists with your toes. But like I said, the socks thing is a game changer for me because for one, you can keep your hands warm when you walk out the door. Mm-hmm. And, and they stay warm because you start, you're, you're running immediately and they're in that pocket staying warm. And then this time of year, obviously, a lot of times my hands get too warm. So I can instantly just throw those minimal socks off 
hold them in my hand, scrunched up, mm -hmm. and I don't have to worry about big gloves or anything like that. So yeah. they really do work well, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. you, you're going to get a lot of funny faces, and you're going to get made fun of a lot. <laughs> but, I mean, if it works, it works. It's a, it's a genius. We, as runners, we all have plenty of pairs of socks. Yeah. You yeah. know? Spot on. I, I, John just threw this in the in the chat as well. When fingers and hands swell, move them, and, and that is that is exactly right. I hear this occasionally from runners. How do you your fingers turn into sausages? I get some swelling in my hands, but it's not as bad if you scrunch them. So just scrunch your fingers every once in a while, and it helps with that swelling. Um, it's just a reaction that your body is having. It's trying to focus on the more important things. Um, which is getting your legs moving and it doesn't care so much about your fingers. So you have to remind your body that your fingers are very important and you still need them. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's my first piece of gear. My, my first on the list um, for me is gloves. What is first on your list? Um, it would be, it would be the socks or, or the gloves, something, you know, to keep my hands warm because it, man, I don't know the people that don't have this problem of Raynaud's it's, yeah. It sucks, Grace. It, it really does. does. I, I get jealous of people who say, oh, my feet sweat. And I'm like, I don't even know what that is. Yeah. And I will say, <sighs> if you do get, you know, if you do suffer from it and you're, you you don't have any gloves or you're just trying to warm your hands up, man, under the armpits, I've, I've, I've run a race like this under my armpits. Yeah. Like just because. You smell your fingers probably, when you're done? Sometimes. That's the hottest part of your body. But the other good spot is just right in the crotchal region. So I will shove my hands down in my crotch and run like that because there's there's good heat down there. And that's when I'll probably smell my hands more yeah. than not. I'll be honest with you. But <laughs> so gross. Yeah. Uh, Don't ever tell anybody that. I, nah, no one's listening, so I'm, I'm not afraid of it right okay, now. That's good. Um, <laughs> but no, it, it is. Your hands in your crotch and you smell them. I'm just, I had to. Recap. Yeah, it's after the armpit. So everything the armpit, out. Armpits, then crotch, then smell. Yeah, I, okay. I put I put crotch deodorant on. It's it's a thing. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, but I don't know. The the rain all stinks. I'm glad I don't have it in my feet yet. I don't really know why, but nah, it's never happened to my feet. But yeah. so my number I, one. And I also saw in the chat looking for a good waterproof pair of gloves is driving me nuts. My lobster claw ones are waterproof and I'm trying to remember the name of them. But once I remember, I'm going to put it into the chat. My number one is, is socks or mittens for my hands for me for fall running and winter running. But it would also be thrown. I always make sure I have hand warmers on my person now because ah. if worse comes to worse and I'm not prepared, I can at least rip one of them open, shake it up and get some actual heat on my fingers. It's just dumb. Yeah. But yeah, I own like stock and hot hands and stuff. I'll buy boxes of them before the season. Yeah. Oh man, that is a good one. I remembered what it was. It's my Pearl Azumis. I was mm -hmm. down in Damascus, <laughs> in Damascus, and I was there in like uh, August or something like that. And, and they have a cycling shop there. And there was a pair of Lobster Claw Pearl Azumi gloves, which are like $120 gloves. And they were 50% off in a basket. And I said, I am taking you home because you are, you don't, nobody here needs you. I do in Pennsylvania. Uh, but those Pearl Azumis, because they are made for cycling, um, they tend to do a really good job of making them waterproof because for cyclists, their hands are kind of out in front of them and they usually have a pretty good water protectant over the top. Yeah, yeah I've seen them. I just haven't tried them. I have heard good things about the lobster. Yeah, pearl. they're super expensive, but uh, if you can find them 50% off in Damascus, then there you go. All right, number two. Number two. Are we ready to move on to number two? I like it. For fall, I mean, I guess we're on the winter stuff for myself. Yeah. But for me, I think my number two, I have this Under Armour zip up. Um, I guess it's just a shirt. It's thicker. It's like a, you know, your mid-weight shirt, I guess. Under Armour, totally zip up, and it has a collar that you can put up on mm -hmm. it. It's nothing cute to look at, but I've had the thing since I like started running. And for me, like I usually wear a t-shirt or a tank top to run in. Well, I'll mm -hmm. wear that same t-shirt or tank top in the winter and I'll put this on over it 
and then I'll run. And then when I warm up, I can unzip it halfway. And mm -hmm. it, it, I don't know, it's just very, it, I feel like I can regulate myself, you know, from sweating using this shirt. So it's my, like every morning I run in the winter, that's what goes on. So I feel like that gets the number two slot just for that reason. Cause I always use the thing. Yeah. By you. Yeah. Uh, that is a great one. My number two is also something for the top half of me. And for this one, here's what I went with because for my top, the top, I've got several little shirts that I like. I've got a nice windproof jacket. I tell you what, one of the things that I love that is in my collection is a Solomon S Lab rainproof jacket. And it is very rare that I actually need it because I've heard this question before. Does anybody know about a jacket that's rainproof, but it's breathable? Guess what? It doesn't exist, right? There, there um, either your jacket's going to be rainproof or it's going to be breathable and not, it's going to be rain resistant, water resistant. And so to truly get something that will completely keep you dry it's probably going to be a sauna. And so there's a couple of very rare situations where you do want it to be a sauna and you also want to stay dry. And in those scenarios, having a great rain jacket can make all the difference. When I did Wild Goose 100, this is what I wore. The entire race was my Solomon S Lab and I had zero issues with being cold. It rained the entire time. Now, the nice thing about this jacket is that the hood comes all the way around my little face and then it has space in the hood for my hair to be up and then the jacket itself is poofy in the back so it goes outside of my pack. And so getting a great jacket that can go around your pack because one of the troubles in the wintertime is your hose freezing and your water freezing. So if you can get an, an exterior jacket that is big enough and they make jackets that do this, they have um, pleats in the back and it's, it's actually made to go over your pack. So this one goes over my pack and then it has um, a piece in the in the bottom of it where I can actually pull it off of the top half of me and roll it up around my waist. So if I do get too warm, I roll it up, put it around my waist. When I need it, I unroll it, throw it back around, and I don't have to stow it away in my pack. So um, Solomon makes some really, really great waterproof jackets. And if you're in that scenario, I think that it is worth the investment. Yeah, and I think it's worth noting that there's a ton of great waterproof jackets out now, mm -hmm. especially if you're willing to spend a little moolah. Yeah. Um, they they do have they have made some big leaps and bounds as far, and I haven't had the luxury of trying these very pricey quality ones. But I mean, I know the science behind it was that you know the it lets out the the hot air molecules but does not let in a water molecule and right. it 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 makes sense really but but like you said no matter what you're still going to overheat in it a lot of the time that's why a jacket even isn't even on my list of winter running cuz i'm only going to wear it if it's dumping down wet cold rain or wet cold snow because it's too much of a temperature variant for myself it is uh, I think most really of the time I'll just, you know, suck it up and get wet. And the, the temperature changes throughout the course of a race. This was one of those rare situations where the temperature was between 50 and 55, literally yeah. for 36 hours. And it rained buckets the entire time. So unique scenario, but I was really happy that I had that jacket and that it went over my pack. Yeah. And that's, that's the other thing to consider is like, you're, you, there are, there's every single day for that matter is a unique scenario. Yeah. But, you know, you just saying that unique scenario last year for black forest, I ran that and it rained for the first seven hours and it was a very cold rain from midnight mm -hmm. to 7 AM. But I, I had on a, my original wind or a water resistant windbreaker. Mm -hmm. Right. And the thing was soaked in the first 10 minutes of the race. Like I felt yeah. my arms get wet and everything. I was like, Oh crap. But the thing that saved me was it allowed my core temperature to just stay warm enough, even though it was wet, 
that I could run as long as I was putting in a hard effort to mm -hmm. stay comfortable throughout. And if, if it wasn't for that jacket, if I had just had on my, say my Under Armour shirt that I'm talking about, if that, that wouldn't have held in the, my core temperature enough, my core, my heat enough, I, I would have froze and I would have got my Raynaud's would have kicked in and it would have been absolutely horrendous. But at the end of that race, I wore that jacket that whole race and it was soaking wet and every part of me was. Yeah. But it was that shell that kept my core warm enough to keep me comfortable the whole race. Yep. Uh, I got lucky, but, and if it would have been a, uh, a uh, thicker jacket or maybe even a, uh, a full water, water repellent jacket, it probably wouldn't have breathed enough or maybe, you know, I would have been sweating and wet and cold. I don't know. I just felt like that was, I got lucky that day. Yeah. As far as what I wore. Yeah. So that was number two. I, I think we're both, damn, we're both in sync. We're both right here. Yeah. I mean, like I said, though, there's a lot of jackets to choose from. And, and yeah, and everyone... in different situations. I like my light. There's a lightweight puffy jacket that I have. I have a wind resistant jacket. It all depends on what the weather's like. Um, that was yeah. one that, uh, that I decided to throw on the list this time. No, I, that's what I was getting at. If, I think if we all had a choice and had the, had the money to do it, you, I'd have about nine different jackets Yeah, you know? and then we'd be set, but yeah. most of us can't do that. So, uh, let's see. So cold weather running, cooler weather running number three. Mm -hmm. Um, I personally have to have buffs. I I'm not a. I don't really wear hats in the winter, I guess. I think it's mainly I wear a buff on my head because I normally run before it's light out and I normally obviously have to have a headlamp on. So the buff keeps my head warm. The buff kind of, you know, puts me in between my headlamp and and my head. And then I also have a buff on my neck to, to keep that warm. Mm -hmm. About you. What about you? Same. I think we'll, mm. we're going to start to separate when we hit number four and number five, but number three for me is absolutely a buff and several of them because I can use them for so many different things. So first off, buff around the hat, around the head, so I can put it over my ears, keep my little ears warm. If it's raining, here's what I'll do is I'll either have uh, a cap, like kind of the race cap or a visor, keep the rain out of my eyes, but then a buff around the visor or the cap, keep my ears warm. There you go. Also buff around the wrist and keep real, that's your snot rag, right? Mm -hmm. To keep all the snot on. Some gloves will have a soft part on the thumb and that's the purpose of it is to wipe your nose. Yep. <laughs> a lot of cycling gloves have that. Yep. Um, but if it, my gloves don't have that, then I'm probably going to have a glove uh, buff double wrapped around my wrist. That way I can wipe my nose. Um, and there, there's so many different purposes for, um, for buffs. Do you want to hear my, story of my buff from the wild goose 100 um i think everybody would want to hear that yeah so i'm gonna go ahead and say yeah okay here we go get, i get am ready for I, this. Don't care. I got my seat belt on i am ready seat belt on here mm -hmm. we go okay. so i pack everything for wild goose 100 which means i packed everything like a week ahead of time temperatures 74 and partly cloudy so i pack my shorts and my tanks but i pack one pair of pants just in case sure enough the temperatures change tropical storm ophelia comes in and i know it's going to be raining and 50 degrees which means i need to plan for it to feel like it's about 40 degrees so i start just throwing in all my winter stuff and i throw in I think three pair of pants. I figure I can, you know, two pair of pants, I can switch between those two and then a third one just because, I don't know, if the other two aren't working. And I have a decision to make. And this is a serious decision to make when you are wearing pants is whether or not to wear underwear. This is a big decision. Do you Wait, wear underwear with your pants? Like running, like running tights? Yeah. Or any tights. pants like in day-to-day -day life? No, running tights. Yeah, I, mm, I've i never, underwear or not yeah, underwear? I always do. You do. So mm. I don't always, mm. it depends. 
Um, with running shorts, I don't wear underwear with pants. I usually do, except I was going after a hundred miler. So I was worried about getting some chafage in my leg crease. So I wasn't sure if I was going to wear underwear or not. And I was like, you know, I'm going to try to go without underwear and see how that goes. So about 10 hours in, I'm like, this isn't working anymore. There's chafing that's happening that should not be happening. (laughs) And so I tell my crew, I'm like, hey, can you find one of my buffs? I have a half buff. So there's the full buff and then a half buff is... a a full buff, but it's just cut in half. Right. So I was like, I think I have a half buff in there. So I put a buff in my pants, which we then called my muff buff. Oh, wow. You should not have said that. I am going to steal that. I'm going to run with it. Like that's that's a new product. Becky is dying in the living room right now. Oh God. So we called this my muff buff. And here's where it came from is because a friend of mine, Angie, she ran, I remember she did the Roxylvania 93K and she was getting leg chafage. She was wearing shorts and she put two buffs around her legs to prevent the chafing. And I was like, you know, buffs are a great idea. When something is chafing, just put a buff on it. So that became my muff buff. But then I was a little delusional when I got tired. And at one point I stopped to use the restroom in the woods as one does. And I lost my buff. So it, it is somewhere in Wawa- You, you huh? lost the muff. Just to clarify, I, you lost your muff buff. I did. I lost my muff buff. Yep. So <laughs> I lost my muff buff in the woods. I go back to my crew and I'm like, hey, I lost my muff buff. Do you have another buff that I, I was like, I think I have another half for your muff for my muff. Yeah. So we found another muff buff and then I, I used that one. And then I came back around as a few hours later, I was like, hey, I lost my buff again, which later I did find was still in my pants. It was just in a different place in my pants. Okay. <laughs> it had moved from my muff. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I just lost it in uh, my pants. It happens. It does happen. So, <laughs> so I come back and, and so Lacey at the time was crewing for me. Barb was, was, uh, away and, um, and Lacey said she was looking at my different buffs that I had. She's like, I don't think you have any more half buffs. Can you use a full buff? And I like, well, it'll be a little more uncomfortable, but fine. I'll use a, a full buff. That's better than chafing. So then she says, well, how about this? How about this this buff? This one's from, oh, it's from the Funt race. Do you want a Funt? For <laughs> and I will let you fill in the blanks. It was a yeah. Funt, hmm. a Funt, Funt buff. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so I mean, I guess the the, the moral of this story is, is buffs buffs serve a multitude of purposes. They really do. That's right. And I don't know if. I wish I had one here. I should go run and get one out of my closet. Like, I, have one, I have one back here. You know, there a buff, obviously it has, everybody knows what a buff is. It has a hole in both ends. It's tubular, but like you can put a buff, a full size, not a half buff, a full size one on your head and fashion it. I need a full one. Fashion it in a way that it's basically a beanie. There's no hole on top to let the heat out. Um, and that's why I use them more than beanies per se in the winter beanie is too much for me when I'm running. I like to throw it on as soon as I'm done running, but yeah. a beanie, beanie for running most of the time, I just get too wet and sweaty on my, on, on top yeah. of my head. Um, I also I'm, had a buff. Um, I borrowed this from Karen. I needed to give it back to her, but okay. last year I borrowed from her a fleece buff. So I will also say get a half buff, get a full buff, get a muff buff. And then a fleece buff, and um, because buffs can also go around your neck as a mm-hmm. neck gaiter, right? And that's another word for them as neck gaiters. Um, so she had a fleece one that I used in, um, I, w- I was doing an FKT at the time. It was very, very cold. I was moving pretty slow. Um, so that fleece buff kept me so much warmer, just pulling that around my neck, and it really prevented any cold air from coming into my jacket. So uh, I'll throw in there that so you can use it as a neck gaiter, you can use it as a headband, 
keep your little ears warm. You can use it as a, a hat and use it around your wrist. Um, you can also use it for a lot of things in the summertime. So you can use them year round. Uh, but I love having a muff buff. buff. I love having a buff. Yeah. I, that's my, that's my story from wild goose. You asked for it. No, that was good. I mean, I'm glad you threw that needed to be said. Grace. <laughs> I think that that's going to roll me into number four on, and now we're getting into like, middle to end of winter when things are getting really cold at this point i'm way past fall weather running but yeah. <laughs> but that remind your muff buff idea <clears throat> excuse me reminds me of something that i learned several winter seasons ago as a runner is once it gets and i'm gonna do it again this year because i don't know what the temperature is but once it gets past a certain point my my little fella needs more than just one layer of tights and one pair of underwear. Uh-huh. So two pairs of underwear, although it doesn't seem like much and it uh, probably quality underwear would help too. But mm -hmm. that that extra layer um saves my little buddy from from riding the line of, you know, getting getting um too cold. We'll just Okay. Too cold. And you know, <clears throat> When it gets too cold, there's a lot of aching there. It takes a while to, to come back to, to life down there after you're inside. That's going to be really it's, uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable. It's like you got kicked in the in the nuts as a kid. I mean, I guess you don't remember. You don't I, know, yeah, I don't remember that. No. It's not a great feeling um, okay. for for lack of a better word. But yeah, it's, it, I've, I've gone through it enough times where it's like I'm not going to go out when it's negative. Let's just say, you know, below zero. I, I, I got to layer up my, make sure my little fellas layered up. And honestly, that might mean trying to incorporate a muff buff down there, but I, it needs to have a different name. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. What, what do you put around your neck? What's it called? Scarf? Maybe, oh, a, scarf. maybe a dong scarf. Uh, I don't know. I, <laughs> I have no idea, but yes, very important. And it does because it does hurt. So but that, you, that is you a, want to keep everybody running all winter long. So I'm glad yeah. you're throwing these tips out there for the people with little fellas. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. Little, we'll move on from there. We don't need to dig into that any deeper. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't even know what number we're on now Four. I mean, you did the buffs. What would be next for you? Yeah. Um, this one is a little bit, I don't think a lot of people are going to agree with me and I'm okay with that. But one of the things that drives me crazy in the winter time is having chapped lips, different mm -hmm. ones, chapstick. So chapstick for me, I always have to have chapstick. I have gone to long lengths to get chapstick. If I almost forget it before a race, like I've, I've ran half a mile back to my car just to get chapstick um, because it, it's very distracting for me. I, I really hate having chapped lips. So I'm going to go number four is chapstick. Yeah, that's a good one. And it, it's, it's, a, it's an annoyance and it happened. It can, you know, if you don't put if I don't put it on in the morning and it's a windy, cold day, a couple hours in, I can already tell I'm getting chapped and then I'm going to have to work my, you know, next couple of days, I'm going to have to make sure I keep putting it on and it's a pain in the butt. So if you just stay on top of it for myself, at least yep. it's, it's a lot easier. And yeah, Becky, I'm sure would agree with that too. Cause we're always making sure we have it. We're always stealing each other's mostly me stealing hers. Um, but yeah, that, that's definitely a good one. What's number four for you? Number four was the extra underwear for me. Oh, okay. But yeah, I mean, that's what's just, number five then? Number five for me, and this would be again in the I'm North Central PA. Like winter lasts for a long, long time up here. And I, for those of you that have been to my house for the idiot race or have been up in North Central PA, I kind I live in the sticks a little bit, and it's a, there's a lot of dirt roads that I run on for training, and. Those dirt roads, we get snow and they get plowed and they get packed down by vehicles and they would get more a couple inches more snow and they get plowed again. So very early on, these roads turn into sheets of slippery, snowy, icy stuff. 
Mm. So, so my number five, and I don't use them a lot, but I have to have them is, is, uh, my nano spikes. Mm -hmm. nano spikes and i'm saying katula because that's what i would recommend mm -hmm. the not generic nothing else the katula are pretty quality yeah. you get what you pay for in this in this uh product and but they're the ones that katula nano spikes slip over your shoes and they have little nipples little dimples on the bottom that give you the confidence and traction you need mm -hmm. uh, obviously that they sell the the um what are the big Micro spikes. ones? Thank you. Micro spikes, with their, which are very, a lot teethier. You don't want to run really much on road or anything. They're good in trails, I guess, but they'll, they're, they're pretty uh, aggressive, I guess you would say. But yeah. for me, I, you know, I do most of my mileage in the winter on, on dirt roads. So the nano spikes work fine. Having said that, they just came out with exo spikes a year or two ago, which mm -hmm. is a perfect mixture of the nano spike and the, and the um, micro ma micro <laughs> micro spike. Um, Becky got a pair of them, and it's like everything you would need for everything, in my opinion. Not yeah. too much, but enough for everything. So I'm a big fan of them, also. So that would be not my number five. Yeah, I love this one for number five, and I feel like um, I get this. You know, belonging to groups and everything. There's always going to be somebody who asks about spikes. They're just coming into trail running or they've been in it, but this is their first winter running and they're always asking for recommendations. Um, I love the exo spikes as well. Um, I think when I first started winter running, I had a pair of nano spikes and a pair of micro spikes and I switched between the two depending on the situation. So ideally, if you can afford them, it's great to have multiple um, depending on where you are, if I'm running frozen snot, which I'm wearing my frozen snot hat today, um, definitely I go with the micro spikes. Um, if I am on icy roads, it's the nano spikes. The exo spikes, I agree, are a good mix between the two. So now if I could only afford one pair, um, I would, which I can only afford one pair. That's true. I just have um, credit debt. Credit card debt. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> uh, I I would go with the exo spikes nowadays. Now there are people who put screws into their shoes, and they will also use that. I do think that the downfall of that, and we see this more, I believe, in Pennsylvania, Maryland, um, uh, Delaware, kind of those East Coast states. You don't see this as much on the West Coast as we have a lot of our trails are a mixture of road and trail. And so the tough thing about doing screws in your shoes, and that's no. fun to say, yeah. is, <laughs> is um, the tough thing about that is that you can't take them out. So if you're running something like Frozen Snot where the first mile is on road and you want to not be uncomfortable <laughs> when you're running that first mile in the, on the road and you don't want to run off to the side, um, then your, your micro spikes are a better option for that. So yes, putting screws into your shoes is an option. It is a low cost option. I will say the downfall of that is that you can't take them off and put them on within one run. Um, you could carry another pair of shoes with you is your best option or just be uncomfortable. Now, if you know you're doing trails where it's going to be snow the entire time, then that's you have that option. But I just think that there's a lot of trails here in Pennsylvania where you'll be on trail for five miles, you know, and then there's half a mile of road to get over to the other section. Um, so for us, the, the shoe cover is um, the better option, I think. Yeah, I agree, though. If I could afford all, I'd have a set of all three in a perfect world. Yeah. Because even every winter, it seems like it's different. Like I'll use one or seems like I'll use one all the time over another one yeah. this year. And then next year is just totally different. Yeah. And then like if the winter lingers on, then you get just a lot of the old snow that turns to that crusty stuff. And that's where your, you know, your bigger stuff, toothier stuff yep. works better. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I like it. Mike and uh, Katula for the win. K A H 
T-O-O-L-A. Katula, I agree. I think there's some other stuff on the market that's a little bit cheaper and you get what you pay for. I don't think it's going to last as long. Maybe that won't be the case as more companies get into those types of products. But um, from what I've seen so far, Katula is what I would buy. Yeah. And you know what? It's the type of product. And I've, I've personally seen this. I'm going to say like 10 times by now of people using these uh, traction devices during a race and cheaper ones breaking halfway through the race. So if that's what you're looking for, well then go ahead and spend 10 less dollars and get the cheap ones. But for me, it's, you know, it's the rubber. That's the quality. It seems to me like, and, and uh, it's worth every penny because that's the last thing you're going to want when you actually need those those toothier ones to dig in on something like frozen snot or something like that. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So so now we are all set to go out and hit the trails this fall as it gets colder and this winter, right? Yep, we are. I mean, the last one for me, so my number five mm-hmm. um, is either a watch that has breadcrumbs set into it or my phone, but some way to make sure that I can get back home. Uh, because if you are running alone and it's winter time, one, trails can look completely different in the winter. Um, and not just when there's snow on the trails, but when all of the leaves fall, everything looks totally different. And the last thing that you want is to be out there alone and getting lost. Uh, so making sure that you have something with you that tracks where you are and that you can get back home for me is my my number five. Yeah, and I'll also throw in there, and I'm not a fan of of carrying a first aid kit. It's not that I'm not a fan. I'm just lazy and I don't do it. I, I want to yeah. make that clear. And I think a lot of us would agree uh, with that sentiment also on any run, anything could happen at any time, but especially in the winter, those space blankets, very, very little space, (laughs) but they really do. Like it's something that we should throw in our pocket and have there at any point, because if you snap an ankle and you have to, even if you can walk out or gimp out or use a stick to get out, it's going to take you hours, man, that could make your life a lot more comfortable. Yeah. And yeah. they're cheap and they're very tiny. So it's, 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 I would say it's probably something we should all do better at, at carrying. Yeah, we should do better at carrying. And if you're thinking about getting gifts for runners um, coming up in the holiday season, I mean, that's a really good one to give other people is to get them a space blanket, maybe encourage them to keep one in their car, one on their person. I mean, I think um, trying to, Trying to encourage that, I think, can only make us all better, safer runners. Yeah, you just, you never know what's going to happen. So, I mean, the two, I guess the biggest takeaways from this, uh, uh, as any runner who's going out in the cold weather, is a muff buff and a space blanket. Space blanket. That's right. (laughs) Oh, that's good stuff. I I enjoy this episode. It was a good episode. Um, Well, we're not done yet, but... um, I, I guess I think that wraps up pretty much winter running and what at least what the way we handle it, right? Yeah, I think that's some of our top stuff. We could talk about this a lot more, and I'm sure that we will. We will definitely keep talking about this. But those are some of the um, maybe the some some tips that certainly when I started, I was not following any of those things, and now over the years, I've learned learned to deal with the winter a little bit differently. Yeah. I mean, I'm, for me, I looked in my closet tonight and I was like, all right, what, what are my go-tos for, for winter running? If it's cold outside and it's funny. Cause like it was instantly like, I got, I got to grab that, 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 and that, and I'm good to go. And that's, yep. you know, my shirt, my buffs and all that. So it's, it comes naturally after a while, but yep. it is, uh, it's something that makes your running more enjoyable. And that's why we're all out there is to enjoy our running anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Grace, what the heck are you doing this weekend? Oh, what am I doing this weekend? Oh, I am going on an adventure with my friend Lacey. Oh, that sounds fun. Is this a running adventure or just a like girl adventure? It's a buddy adventure. We both read this book. Um, It's I don't remember the name of the book. That's terrible. I remember everything in it. 
Um, but it's about going on a 12 hour walk. So we are going to walk around. We got an Airbnb for the weekend. We're going to walk for 12 hours and that's it. That's the only goal. That sounds fun. Yeah. I don't know where we're going to end up. We're just going to wander around for 12 hours. Sweet. That sounds like a blast. I can't wait to hear about it. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, before I tell you what I'm doing this weekend, you have an idea. I do. I think you wanted to talk about it. I didn't mean to try to end the show real quick without talking about it. I just remembered we didn't talk about it. Yeah. So go ahead and talk about This is a really good idea. I don't know. That's why I wanted to talk about it because I need help. I need advice. And um, when I when I got something swirling around in this little brain of mine, I go over to you. And I go over to the people listening in and I want to say, well, what do they think about it? So I've had, uh, it, it all came together for me not too long ago, but one of the things that I love to do, and this is, don't make fun of me for this. One of the Just things that I that. love to do, I love to read to people. Isn't that weird? I love, re you put a book in my hands and I will read to people and I will be so happy and it's the weirdest thing. And so like, I have this dream of one day retiring and having a bed and breakfast and I'm going to call it story time, bed and breakfast. And I'm going to read to people and then they stay in the, my little place and somebody else can cook. Cause I can't cook. Um, but I like reading to people. So okay. here's my idea though, because I like doing that. My idea is there are all these great race reports out there. Phenomenal. And, huh? They're phenomenal race reports. Every phenomenal single one. Race I, and people put these race reports out on blogs and on race report websites and so on. And I don't know about you, but I like, I, I just have, my schedule is jam packed and I don't have time to read all of them. But if someone was reading them to me, I would listen to them on my long run. So I was like, what if I read to all of you race reports on this podcast. And I would do like separate, separate from this, cause this is what we do. And so I'll have like a separate episode and release them on some sort of basis. I don't know, probably not weekly, but I'll just read race reports to you. Would you listen to me reading race reports to you? We came up with a we were brainstorming. Didn't we come up with a pretty cool title? I forget what we came up with. You this. came up with one. I already forgot what it was. But anyway, I, th I think the idea is phenomenal because these stories deserve to be heard. I think we all get tied up in not having enough time to read them. But let's face it. I mean, po this podcast thing is is where is where we're at presently, what everybody does, where, you know, I even, I see us losing viewers from the live show because who wouldn't want to watch, listen to us anytime that they have a free second during the, the following week, right? Yeah. It's common sense. It makes sense. I get it. But for me to, to listen to a race report from Eastern States 100 while I'm out mowing the lawn is a lot easier and I'm going to enjoy every second of it than trying to find the time to read through it, to appreciate it um, yeah. when it's posted on the book face or Instagram or things like that. So right. I personally think it's a phenomenal idea. I think it definitely needs to be done. I think wow. you're, you're perfect to do it. And I have a race report. It's probably the only one I ever wrote from, <gasps> from when I ran Tahoe 200 and I, I need to read it over myself again, but that was a story in itself. And I think I did a pretty good job of the race report. I'll look it over, but I, I would love for that. Now, granted, this First is one. No, not necessarily, but it was five years ago. And I think I did a good I personally feel like I did an okay job of describing mm -hmm. what transpired during those three days. And yeah. I would love for it to be one of the ones that you read at some point. Yeah. I would love to read it. Story time with hot pants. Yeah. You can listen on We got to remember what I the the title I had was it was just it popped in and it was good and you liked it and I forget what it was. Yeah, I remember. But anyway, um I mean I think the reason you're you're you want to bring this up on this show is is cuz you're looking for feedback, right? Yeah. 
yeah, I'm looking to hear, is that a good idea? And would you, would you send in your race reports to me? Like these, I don't want to do, I don't want to write. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm not good at writing. I don't want to write race reports. I want to read other people's race reports. So would you submit your race reports to me? And then I read them to you. Yeah. And I mean, if you get enough, well, then you got to, you know, pick and choose what ones you read that week or, or whatever. Obviously you're just trying to think of the format right now. Yeah. But the idea is to get people's voices heard more than um, what their written race report has done. Right. And because it's worth, everyone's worth the listen or the, the reading or the listening of it. Right. I think so. I think it would be uh, kind of fun to try out. So I think if you're interested in it, you know, send your race reports to me and I still got to figure some stuff out, but I think it would be a, a cool little, we'll have these little side episodes um, every once in a while, you know? Yeah. And I mean, bottom line is those that are going to listen to this um, live show that we're on right now in podcast form this coming week or in the, this coming couple months, send grace your, your feedback and or your race reports and yeah. she'll go from there as far as figuring out when we're going to do it. We'll, we'll, we'll let you know through this, um, through the podcast of when it's going to happen or on the, the Facebook group or something like that. Yep. But you, you probably look to get going pretty soon with, you know, reading one every week or maybe two every week from different races. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't figure out, you know, is it something that you do live? I don't know that you, it needs to be live, but would that, would people even tune in live or is that more something that you do pre-recorded? I don't know. I'm they're just, li I, mean, I don't think it matters. I think it, they're more list looking for your, just to be able to play it and listen to your, your heavenly angelic voice. <laughs> I don't know that I would describe it as angelic. And but no, I'm just thinking like, I, I think it should be a yeah. running mullet, um, running mullet series yeah. that they can just click on and listen whenever they get a chance throughout their normal working day or on the weekend or on their runs. I, I mean, come on, listening to a very well written race report on a run seems to me like that would be pretty inspiring, yeah. you know, keep you pumped up stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a really good idea and it's not, maybe it's out there somewhere. Maybe I, I should probably dig or you can dig, but I don't think there's many of them out there. Yeah. I don't know anybody who's doing this. I know like usually after a race happens, people come on as a guest onto a, a show and that's not quite what I'm looking for. Like I want to read people's these, there are these literary amazing people out like they, they put a lot of effort into writing these beautiful race reports and then they, um, uh, I think they get an audience, but it's just one audience. And I want to bring a second audience to that. Yeah. And the bottom line is, you know, what this comes down to is a race report is 100% from the heart. So I can sit here, I can sit here and explain to you how my race went this past weekend, but there's going to be a crap load of stuff that I forget to tell you. Right. But with these race reports are, are people taking their time and everything that happened and they're very detailed and it's worth a listen. It's, I can't, I can't wait to listen in myself and I get to see you once a week already as it is. Yeah. And I think, you know, we don't want just the crap load. We want the full load. You know what I mean? Yeah. Full load. Yeah. Muff buff and everything. All <laughs> right. Grace, I think. All right. So go ahead and ask me what I'm doing this weekend. Hey, Eric. Yeah, Grace. What are you doing this weekend? I am camping at Little Pine. I'm my daughter. My youngest daughter, Casey, is running um, a championship cross country race for middle school in Lock Haven. And then Sunday, I'm doing Call of the Wilds 50K. Oh, fun. Yeah. So, and that's what I'm hoping to get out of it. It's just F-U-N. Um, mm -hmm. Hopefully, it's a good day. And uh, hopefully, the weather's nice. And just looking for fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'll tell you all about that on Monday. A couple other friends and people I like to call family that are running it also. So, I'm mm -hmm. really hoping it's it's fun. It should be. It should be. It's going to be. I can't wait to hear all about it. Yeah. It's a good one. 50K, 8,000 plus feet of gain. Woo. First 17 miles at Eastern States course. Uh -huh. yeah, you can't beat it. Yep. 
So that's what I got. <laughs> we ready to check out? We're ready to check out. We're done. All right. 33 was a huge success. Good job. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. I don't feel like anybody's listening to me, but I'm still going to say it. Tell your friends, leave reviews, Tell give us neighbors. Give us the, the, there's like five different stars. Give us as many of those five stars as you can on the Spotify's and the Apple's. Give it away now. Yeah. And uh, tune in again next week for episode 34. We'll give you more. We'll open the door. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Have a great week. We love you. Bye. Bye.